It is somewhat interesting that two of our readings today, and including our psalm, talk about plants and plant life and growth of green things and trees, and I have no green thumb. Uh, if you were to ask me, um, and I've talked about this in some of the daily homilies, uh, when I was a teenager in high school, and I got my first summer job, uh, the parents went on vacation and said, you're old enough, you can stay on your own. And I got to do this for a couple of summers, and invariably after a week of the two-week vacation period, one of the neighboring moms would come knocking on the door in the afternoon to check in on me. And I became indignant. Mom, you don't have to have the neighbors check in. I'm doing fine, you don't need to do this. And what it didn't come to understand until my mom told me, it's like, oh, they're not checking in on you. Do you notice that every time they do that, they have to use the restroom? They go upstairs and they water all my plants that I know you forgot to do so that my plants will still be alive when I come home. I know you have no green thumb. But to the people that do, you'll hear our gospel reading, and it might seem a little strange to you that the sower went out and was sowing seeds, and usually when you go out to plant stuff, and my friends that, that are amazing uh, farmers and growers, and I trust with plants, and I benefit from their fruit plants all the time, you don't go out willy-nilly throwing the seed out. And I guess maybe if you're throwing grass seed, you do. But if you're going out to plant flowers, if you're going out to plant tomatoes, if you're going out to plant any sort of fruit, any sort of vegetable, you're very careful. You prepare the soil, you plant the seeds carefully. You don't just take a handful and just throw them around and some fall on the rocks and some fall in the weeds and some fall on fertile soil. So what is going on with this? Well, Jesus is talking about things in a parable. A parable is a type of storytelling. Uh, it's a type of analogy. Analogy, you take uh, something different or use different words to explain something. You try and take another way, it's a hard concept, and so you use different words as an example to help unpack the meaning of the story. But parables go a little bit deeper than that. Parables like to make different points along the way, and at the end, your understanding should have some sort of moral teaching, something that makes you a better person. Kind of like a fable. Remember Aesop's fables when we were kids? All the little stories that they would tell the turtle that had the scorpion that wanted to ride across the river. And the turtle eventually gives in and lets the scorpion hop a ride. And the scorpion stings him and they're both going to drown. And the moral of the story is if you know something was bad, then don't do it. And that's what the parables are. And here they're kind of saying that the soil, the, the seed, that's being spread around is the word of Christ. It's the gospel message. 
that some people just are going to be closed from the get-go. They're the rocky soil. It just doesn't penetrate at all. And some are filled up with the weeds, meaning that they're filled up with all the excitement of life on earth. In our modern day, we'd say we're filled up with our, our iPhones. We're filled up with movies. We're filled up with TikTok. We're filled up with just hanging out with friends and that's of the weeds that distract us from the word. But some of us have been properly prepared and the word will sit in us and it may take a long time for that to take root and to grow and be something great. But that's what Kristen and Janelle have been trying to do with those of you about to undergo confirmation. It's preparing your hearts so that when you hear the word of God, it takes root and grows. It may get lost for a little bit of time, but it will come back and be bountiful. And that's what we want to see happen. That's why you're here to be confirmed today. It's the third step of your entry into the Roman Catholic Church. The first time around, most of you probably do not remember. That was your baptism. The Holy Spirit was awakened inside of you. The, the soil was being cleared of this rock, so to speak, to prepare you for the Word of God. A second time, some of you will have some memory of your first communion. Remember coming here with all your classmates, all dressed in white, and receiving Christ for the first time. As I talked to the kids that have been going, undergoing this for the last few months, I said, in the past, you've come up with your hands like this, coming up, pretending to receive a hug from Jesus. It's how I was taught to do this. You're getting a hug from Jesus when you come up like this. But now you can put your hand out as a throne to receive Jesus into your body. That this is the closest that you will be to Jesus Christ until you can see him in person in heaven and get a true hug from him. The power of the hug. But now you're coming here full of reason, full of knowledge, and accepting the next step on your own volition. In the anointing, the Holy Spirit is fully awakened you're now old enough to start to ascertain what holy gifts are being given me. Some of you will be called to be great speakers. Some of you will be called to be administrators somewhere or leaders somehow. Some of you will be called to proclaim the gospel to everybody that you see and to go and seed the world for Christ. Some may be called to a higher vocation, to work within the church, to have a family, to be married, and to raise future Christians. Some of you may be called to be single the rest of your life and to get, dedicate yourself to God that way. But this is the joy of confirmation is you're now old enough to start to figure out all the different ways that God is calling you to be. And you're accepting that challenge today by being confirmed. 
for the first time, you get to have the say on staying in the church and accepting the gospel message that God is calling us to love not only God, but our neighbors. Because faith without works is empty. You're being called to take on the title of Christian, meaning to go and make a difference in the world, to see people that need help and to help them, whether it be the poor, the widowed, those in jail, the downtrodden, the people on the outskirts of society, as well as the rich in society. You're meant to go and make a positive change in the world because you love God and you show that love by passing that love on to every other person you meet. You become the face of Christ. And that is the greatest part of Christianity for me, is knowing how much God loves me and in turn being able to take that love out into the world to make it a better place. That is why you're here to be confirmed, to accept that challenge to be a good Christian, to be strengthened in your spirit and body, to have the Holy Spirit invigorate in you and in turn to share that Holy Spirit with others.